0: Welcome to the City Edge Church podcast. For more information, please visit our website at cityedgechurch.org.au. We hope that you enjoy this message. Awesome. Thanks, everybody. You can be seated. Fantastic. Welcome to everyone online as well. Great to have you with us this morning. Make sure you're active in the chat today, you know, saying what God's speaking to your heart as well, which is good. So good. Who enjoyed worship this morning? Do you enjoy worship? All three of you—that's great. Man, I heard people on the chat say, "Have a louder little whoop." Yeah. Did you enjoy worship this morning? Yeah, that's a that's a bit better. Awesome. So good. Well. You know, I, I just love what God has been doing over this series called We the People. And uh, it's been amazing. Today is actually, we're gonna conclude the series and uh, we're launching the new series called uh, By the Way, which I'm, I'm really excited for. I've actually got that message, the first message of chapter one of 2 Timothy already, you know, pretty much written already. Just God was just speaking to me over the last two weeks. And uh, I just love what God's gonna do in that. I believe it's a timely series uh, for what He's going to do next. Now in this season, which is great. And uh, I've loved the We The People series uh, because I I love the church. I love God's people. Um, I love who we are together. And, uh, you know, I've always loved the church, even since I was a boy. I've been in church all my life. And uh, I just love what God has done throughout the years. And I love what God's going to do. Uh, Are you excited for the future? You know, I think it's just exciting what God is going to do in our future. And uh, I just love that the, the, the church uh, is the vehicle God is using to reach the world around us. It's the vehicle, all right? When Jesus said, called, called us the church uh, for the first time, He uses the word ekklesia. Ekklesia is a Greek word. It actually means the called out ones. The called out ones. It means that we're, we're called together with a purpose. We're called, we're sanctified, we're called with a purpose to serve God, to do what He's called us to do, but to be uh, living temples, that, that, that those living stones that are built on Jesus, the cornerstone, that shine the light of who He is to the world around us. God wants to use you and I. He wants to use us together as His people. How many know uh, uh, if you have one light, it shines great? You bring hundreds of lights together, man, that's bright. I mean, that is the power of who we are together when we are united and we're one as the people of God. And uh, I wanna dive into that today in Acts chapter 2, verses 42 to 47. Just turn with me there, it will be on the screen as well. And this is taken just a little bit of time after uh, Pentecost, after the outpouring of the Holy Spirit. And uh, we see that, uh, you know, when that happened, it was 120 people that gathered in an upper room on the day of Pentecost. They had been doing it for 50 days since Jesus ascended to heaven and the Holy Spirit was poured out. And here we see... Uh, the fruitfulness or the results of what God has been doing in the first church. And uh, it says here, all the believers devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching and to fellowship and to sharing in meals, including the Lord's Supper. How good was it to have communion today? All right, and to prayer. A deep sense of awe came over all and the apostles performed many miraculous signs and wonders and all the believers met together in one place, shared everything they had, They sold their property and possessions and shared the money with those in need. They worshipped together at the temple each day, met in homes for the Lord's Supper and shared their meals with great joy and generosity. All the while praising God and enjoying the goodwill of all the people. And each day the Lord added to their fellowship those who were being saved. That is incredible, isn't it? I mean, that's just, that's life, that's thriving. Uh, You know, I mean, they're generous, they're loving one another. I mean, you can see the fruitfulness of the Spirit of God moving. And I just love that there is a power to unity. And that's my first key today is that God is drawn, that unity draws God's power. Unity draws God's power. It really does. You know, I, I think about my, my kids, my boys. Uh, they signed up to, to their school basketball team this last term and, uh, and they, they love basketball, man. Most Saturdays we're out, we're practising, getting shots up. Uh, they're loving it. They're really enjoying it. The only thing is they're playing the under 12s and my boys are eight and 10 years old. So their team, are actually the, the youngest and the smallest. Their coach is here. Ryan, who was playing acoustic guitar this morning, is their coach, you do a great job. Yeah, give it up for Ryan, hey? Why don't we give him a clap, legend. (laughs) Good man, there he is, yeah, and uh, coaches the team so well. But one thing I've noticed when I get to go in and score, because they don't let the parents in until you get to score, and uh, uh, when we're in there, one thing I love about kids is that they're like a pack of penguins, man, when it comes to the ball. They just follow it everywhere, you know? It's like wherever the ball is, they are, and it's like this is how the game plays out. And uh, sadly, the boys haven't had a win yet. They're a mixed team. They haven't had a win yet. But whenever they've gotten close, whenever, whenever they've nearly beat the other team, it's always been because they've played as a team. It's always been because they've moved the ball, they've passed it, they've made a bit more room for others, they've run ahead, they've positioned themselves. Uh, it, it's, it's always evident to see that they get those shots up because they're more open. And uh, I love that, that, that unity is powerful. And I love that the church unified together actually draws the power of God. It draws His power to us. Now, how many know in our world today that the world needs to encounter a real, loving and powerful God? That's what our world needs. Our world needs it more than ever right now. A real, loving and powerful Saviour in Jesus Christ. But I love that the the power of unity actually draws God's power. It draws it to us. We see here in this picture of the, of the early church, how many know that they were unified before the Spirit of God was poured out? They came in unity. They were together in unity. And when Jesus uh, said to them in Acts 1.8, you shall receive power when the Holy Spirit comes upon you. I love that the first thing they do as soon as Jesus ascends to heaven, they go to back to Jerusalem and they meet every day in the upper room. There's 120 of them meeting every day. Now Jesus never said, it's gonna be 50 days on the day of Pentecost, that's when I'm pouring out my Spirit. How many know He never told them, He never gave them a time he just said, it's going to happen. So go gather, gather together, tarry, and my, my presence will come. I will pour out my Spirit. Now, I love this is that it took unity first before there was power. Yeah. And God is always looking for unity and He's looking for us gathered together with expectation to pour out His power. Yeah. He's always searching for that in our lives. You know, I love this is that, you know, in the life of Acts 2, we see that as they were gathered together, there was an intentionality. They weren't just gathered because they liked being together. That's true, and they would have enjoyed it. And we know it's cool to gather sometimes. Sometimes it's cool to gather when there's not an agenda, it's just we wanna be together, and we enjoy each other's company. That's good, and there's always a place for that. You know, but I love that this picture here shows the early church gathered with an intentionality. They're gathered with expectation. They're expectant for something. They're expectant for God to move. And God wants to move. He wants to do something in our world. He wants to do something in your family. He wants to do something in your marriage. He wants to do things in your workplace, in your university. Maybe you're at school, you're a teenager here. He wants to move in your school. God wants to move. No matter where you are in line today, God wants to move in your life. He wants to move, but he looks for our heart to say, hey, how are we being intentional with our expectation and coming in unity? You know, Dr. A.T. Pearson, he was a great missionary in the late 1800s. He said this There has never been a spiritual awakening in any country or locality that did not begin in united prayer. There's, how many know, you look at that right now, there's never been? See, Every great revival has always started with the unity of the church, with united prayer, with believers coming together. Because God is drawn and attracted to unity. He's drawn to it in our lives. Now that expectation is powerful. One thing I love about having kids is that you don't have to coach them to be expectant when something cool is about to happen. One thing i found is if I've said, hey, on Thursday, we're going to movie world. How many of you know the night before? I don't have to say, hey, are you guys excited? Are you are you pumped? Are you pumped for tomorrow? Are you pumped for what's about to happen? Now it could be it could be movie world. It could be their birthday the next day. It could be Christmas day. But I gotta tell you, man, I don't have to pump them up to be excited for what's about to happen. They are already expectant, they're already alive excited for what's about to happen. And you know, I love that, you know, all three of my kids at some point when they've been excited for the next day, they wake up in the middle of the night and uh, you're fast asleep. And I don't know how many times I've woken up to one kid just standing there beside me. I look up and there's a face right there. And I'm like, hey, hey, what's up, what's up? You know, I can't sleep. Yeah, neither can I now. We're all awake. Yeah. And, uh, and, and you know, it's, it's just because they're excited. It's Just because they're pumped for what is about to happen. You know, it's great to be excited for the things of God. It's great to be expectant for what God is wanting to do because God wants to move. And if God wants to move, He looks to our lives to say, hey, what are we doing in intentionality to do the things that we need to do that draw the power of God? That, that move God's hand in any situation. See, I love that it always takes unity first. And unity requires an intentionality. The Gospels and the Bible in the New Testament is full of Paul the Apostle saying, hey, bear with one another, love one another, forgive one another. Jesus said this, love one another as I have loved you. See, there is an intentionality when it comes to the way we love and the way we bear with one another. See, I want to tell you today, church, sometimes that's going to take uh, letting go of our own agenda. Sometimes that's going to take, you know, humility in our heart and saying, you know what? I'm going to do something for the other. I'm going to forgive in this moment. I'm going to release in this moment. I'm going I'm to put aside my own stuff to help someone else in this moment. I'm going to be generous in this moment. I'm gonna show mercy in this moment, kindness in this moment. See, sometimes the Lord is looking to us by the Holy Spirit to say, hey, what are you gonna do in this moment right now? What are you gonna do in this moment? There's moments that arise all the time. And sometimes, you know, we may be be right in the middle of being super busy, right in the middle of huge things going on. Have you ever noticed that it's always in those times that the Holy Spirit quickens something in you that you gotta do something you don't have time for? Even notice that he does that, there's a reason for that, because God's trying to teach us things. God's trying to position our heart and position our lives exactly where He wants us to be. Why? Because God wants to move. God wants to use us to flow through our lives, to reach someone who doesn't know Him, to reach another person that needs His love, His mercy, his grace, poured out over their lives. He wants to use us. Unity always requires intentionality. It requires something to say, I'm gonna take a step in this today and I'm gonna do what you need me to do right now. I love that Jesus, the only you know, being in the universe that could have done anything ISO. He could, have, he could have done it solo, solo act. He could have done that. But I love that He always chooses to show an example to us. Nothing He did wasn't intentional. And bringing the disciples to Him he said, when you, uh, when you obey, you are, my, you are my friends as you do what I ask you to do. As we work together, as we're on this journey together, we are gonna see the world changed and turned upside down through what I'm about to do. See, there's something powerful about intentionality and the unity. And if Jesus, the Son of God, chose to do life with people and to do life with people who weren't His family, most of them, who were just people that He tapped on the shoulder to bring around Him, hey, it it took a lot of change and intentionality. See, how many know for Peter, there were some days where he was like on top of the world. There were other days, man, when he didn't get it right. But Jesus still loved him. Jesus still used him. Jesus still called to him. Jesus still worked with him, even though he didn't always get it right. See, that is what happens when you do life in church world together. That is what happens. Sometimes we're not always gonna get it right. Sometimes we're always gonna, not always gonna nail it on the head. But hey, that's what forgiveness is for. That's what working together is for. That's what's saying, hey, we're all in this for Jesus and Him being glorified. So we're gonna move past some things sometimes so that we can move forward together. Right, right. We've got a mission. We've got a call. And our world needs Jesus right now. It needs His light, His life, His hope. Unity always comes before the power being poured out. Psalm 133, the paraphrased paraphrased version says this, Where where my people dwell together in unity, God commands the blessing. And I love the word dwell because it actually just means together. So where my people, together, together in unity, God commands the blessing. What's He trying to do? He's trying to emphasise that I really believe in unity. I I believe in doing this together and working together on the mission of reaching our world together, amen? The second thing I see is that people thrive in unity. We can see in this first church, they were thriving in that unity. Acts 2, 46 to 47 says, they worshiped together at the temple each day, met in homes to the Lord's Supper and shared their meals with great joy and generosity, all the while praising God and enjoying the goodwill of all the people. Why does God love unity? He loves it because it reflects who He is. That's why He loves it. God loves community. God loves marriage. God loves family. God loves together. See, that's why the enemy works so hard to break up families. That's why he works so hard to break up marriages. That's why he works so hard to, because sin always breaks down what God has brought together. That's why there's such a push against the things of God because family actually represents who God is. God is family. He is family. He's the Father, God. The Son of God and the Holy Spirit together. They're working in family. They're working in unison together. That's why whenever we are intentional to, to uh, almost like we're pushing against what the world is trying to do. See, we're pushing against it to say, I'm going to be intentional to bring unity. I'm going to be intentional to pull things together right now. Why? Because that reflects who God is. It reflects His nature. And there's a power to that. God is family. He is community. That's why He loves family. He loves the church family. He loves when we work together. How many know it's easy to love your neighbour if you're never around them? (laughs) Easiest thing in the world to do. If you never do life with them, man, I love you. Good on you. How you going? Great. I'll call you. Yeah. (laughs) So easy to do. But when you gotta do life, and you gotta be in a life group together, and you gotta do church together and serve together and do this thing together, man. It, it it takes it takes intentionality sometimes to work through the way someone thinks differently to you. Someone you know we may like doing things a different way to the way we like doing it. There might be, you know, all sorts of things that go on, but hey, that's what family is like. And I've got to say, that's what church family can be like too, is we're learning to do life together. We're learning all the time. And God is always looking to us to say, hey, take the step of intentionality. Take the step to build the unity. Take the step in this moment, you know, to really build and thrive in the way that they were, where they were loving one another. They were being generous to one another, being kind to one another. Now, even though we know we see all those great things, we know that it wasn't perfect, Okay. We know that there were moments as you read along, there wasn't perfection, it was just intentionality from the people. And sometimes we look for perfection. Don't look for perfection, look for Jesus. Look for where's Jesus in this? Where's God in this? Sometimes we, we, we write something off too soon before we've seen what God's trying to do. So don't look for perfection, look for where are you working here, God? Where are you in this moment right now, Lord God? And so we, that's what it means To be the church together. You know, I love that the the great commission out of Matthew 22 37 to 39. Jesus said this It says, Love the Lord your God with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength, and love your neighbor as you love yourself. So, love God, love others. So, make sure that your vertical relationship with God is where it needs to be to love God. Make sure your horizontal relationship with others. Is where it needs to be. And I just want to show this example to you right now. This is a just a pipe I got from home. Which is good. But if I can imagine this, you know, this pipe is like God, okay? God pouring out his blessing, pouring out his life, freedom, hope, everything that he has through the power of the Holy Spirit. It's there. And imagine this this um this connect and connection point here is me. Now, this is me. This is Paul. All right. And, uh, and so if I, if I wanna make sure that I'm aligned where I need to be, I'm aligned with God. I've gotta make sure that I'm aligned, you know, vertically with God. See, so if, if anything's out with God, then it's, it's up to me. See, God's, God's not moving, God's not changing. He's still flowing. It never stops flowing, it never stops moving. It's still flowing, that blessing's being poured out. But it's up to me to intentionally position myself with my heart where I need to be. If my heart is out with God, then I've got to make decisions, maybe repent, maybe do some things in my life to get my life right with God. See, love isn't just an emotion with God, love is actually being obedient to God. Love is actually doing what He asked you to do. That's why Jesus looked at His disciples said, You are my friends, and you remain my friends when you do what I ask you to do. Oh, we. we, we, we. You often knock that bit out at the end. You are my friends. That's a great scripture. Well done. You know, um, but when you do what I ask you to do, like that's obedience. It's like, wow. What it means is, that God, what is it? What do you need me to do? What do you need my heart to do? Sometimes we get so caught up about what we want everyone else to do, but what is God asking us to do to get our lives with God right, connected? And not only is it about getting that right, because we might be on the level with God, we might be right where we need to be, but how many know it takes not only vertical positioning, but horizontal positioning. And sometimes things can be out a little with others, hey, with our neighbour. Just like I said, it's easy to love your neighbour when you don't have to do life with them. But man, when we've got to do life with them, there's some things that try and reposition this connection, isn't there? Things that try and move that in our heart. And so that's why Paul constantly was saying, hey, bear with one another, forgive one another. Jesus said, love one another as I've loved you. Why? Because He knew it was gonna take so much intentionality to do it, to actually choose to be like Christ. And sometimes that's that's gonna mean, God, what do I need to do to make sure that this, this connection lines up with other people, with others? Lord, help me to be a conduit that You can flow through. Help me to be a vessel that you can move through. I know that we are all broken vessels, but we're mended through Jesus Christ. He makes us whole, He heals us, and we come together through Him. But out of that, He says, I want you to show that love to others the way that I've loved you. What does it take? See, for every single one of us, there are moments in our lives where we've gotta say, God, what do I need to do, Lord, so that I can reconnect this horizontally with others? And I wanna say, Sometimes it's not easy to actually come before God with an open heart and be vulnerable before Him and say, God, are there things that need to change? Sometimes it's not easy to do what David did in Psalm 26 where he said, read my heart, oh God. Read my heart, oh God. One of the most beautiful places that we can get in our lives is a place of humility because where there is humility, that's where that grace of God is poured out. You know, 1 John 4. So, you know, God pours out His grace on the humble, and when there's a humble heart that says, "God," it, it, because it's so easy. Human nature is like, you know, what, what, you want others to do first, and God's like, "No, I need to get, I need to get your heart right too. I need to get your life position where I need it to be, and I'll take care of everything else. I'll take care of others." And so, God might be, might be looking at us and saying. You know, what are the things we need to do to change? What are the things we need to do to position our heart? Maybe today it's with our relationship with God. Maybe there's some things we need to get right with our relationship with God before Him. Maybe we do need to say, Lord, I'm sorry. Hey, it's okay to do that. I've said sorry to God so many times I can't even remember the amount of times I've gotten it wrong and didn't get it right. Lord, I'm sorry. Sorry, I didn't get that right. Help me to be better. Empower me by Your grace to be better, Lord. Sometimes it might be with horizontal, with others. Maybe there's things God's just been pressing on our hearts, maybe over the last few weeks or months. Saying, hey, I need you to get that right with, with this other person. I need you to forgive them. I, I, wanna, I wanna do something in your world right now. With Maybe it's in your marriage. Maybe it's in your family. Maybe it's in church life. Maybe it's in whatever area. But God, you know, one thing I find about God is when you say, read my heart oh God, He really reads it. He really reads it. And, we, and we're afraid to, aren't we? Sometimes we're afraid, we hold it off. We, we don't go near that because we're afraid of what He's gonna do and what He's gonna ask of us. But why does He always go to that one place that we don't wanna go? Why does He do that? Why? Because it's the one thing blocking His flow of grace. It's the thing that's, He's gonna always go to the thing that's trying to block the move of God. And He's gonna go there first. So it's okay, even though we may feel a little vulnerable, even though we may feel I don't feel like going there, I don't want to go there, I'm afraid to go there. Who knows? But I tell you, the other side is more beautiful and powerful, and 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 it is a move of the Spirit of God like you've never experienced in your life. Why? Because you let God go where he knew he needed to go. For all of us, it may be small steps. For some of us today, it may be some bigger steps. That's okay. because God's intentions are always yes and amen for you. God's intentions are beautiful, they're peaceful. They're thoughts of, of good that are, that are not evil. He wants the best for us. Jeremiah 29:11. God wants the best for you and I. He wants to unify relationships. He wants to unify our heart with Him. And that's what this whole series is about, is the fact that God wants to move. God wants to impact our world, but He wants to do it with us together. Amen.